0: Welcome to Point Your Toes, The Adventures of an NYC Dance Teacher.
1: I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo.
0: And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths.
1: With that being said, let's get into today's
2: topic. But before we do, we have a special guest. What's up, everybody? I'm Rug Ant. It's nice to uh, be on the show. And uh, yeah, I'm an actor. I am a uh, witch or a mage as well. And we are are here to talk about uh, all the good stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. so nice. Anthony is my brother. Uh, And he, like he just said, he's an actor and he also does a lot of work in meditation and manifesting, um, which is something I actually mentioned, I think, on our last episode at the end of the episode and something that I've been working on recently. And he's got just like a lot of knowledge to share about that. And um, we'll also dive into like um, some stuff about him growing up because he was also a child actor.
0: Yeah, and so we thought it was important to bring him on just because, like I said, one, me and Danielle spent a lot of time teaching and training young actors and young performers, but then also we're really big on mental health and physical health, Um, and so we thought this would be the perfect blended episode for, I believe this might be episode either 99 or 100. Wow. So this would be a perfect little family affair here for us. Yay! (laughs) Um, so we're going to basically divide it into two topics, like the acting life, and then like our healing and meditation. And I'm sure we'll kind of float in between, but we have to start with like, Anthony, you were, not only were you a child actor, but you were a professional child actor working for several regional theaters, Broadway and the like. So like, let's start there with, did you always know that's what you wanted? Like when we were like seven years, seven or
2: eight years old? Yeah. Yes. and No, not necessarily. Um... Right away, I mean, I remember. I think my first audition was when I was four or five years old. My mom took me to this audition um, up in Nyack for, I don't even remember what it was for, but um, I remember in that, like that, my very first audition, like I was very nervous. Um, I didn't necessarily know what was going on, I didn't want to be there. And so <clears throat> At one point um, in the audition, the casting director was like, um, you, you know, like he, I was reading lines or something. And he was like, you know, can you kind of play and pretend a little bit more? And I was like, no. And I was like, well, you don't ever do that like at home. Like you don't ever pretend. I'm like, nope. I Because I, I really just I didn't I, I was not having it at the time. Um, and then I think a couple years after that, uh, my mom got me into voice lessons and, and at that point um from there I really fell into it you know I really found like wow like I really love to sing I really uh kind of love this this whole life uh, and then from there you know I had gotten an agent at a very young age through my voice teacher and uh from there just you know booked booked a Christmas carol at Madison Square Garden uh which was a blast and did that for three seasons, booked um, nine, um, yeah, what was that? Uh, 2003. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's been an interesting ride for sure. Uh, I was also uh, slippery, the singing voice of Slippery Soap on Blue's Clues for a couple of years uh, in the later seasons. And yeah it's it's uh it was it was definitely interesting um but yeah you know like I would say kind of after I got into voice lessons, I really knew like like this was it like this was uh it and like even now today you know like there was a period in of, of, of time where I took a couple of years off of acting and you know like from the first moment I had gotten back into it, I was like this this is it like this yeah. this is everything, you know.
0: So do you so I guess it's for you and Danielle both. Like did you ever feel like because you were working, you missed out on a lot of the like normal childhood things?
2: Yes. Um, definitely. I it definitely wasn't a normal childhood for sure. You know, I would be up late at rehearsals or at cast parties. Um, and that stuff would be, you know, really fun. Like I remember I was like, the first person, the first person in my class to ever really watch adults swim, because I get home so late. And that was what would be on for for TV time, you know, it was all these like, crazy raunchy shows, with, like, you know, cartoons at, you know, like 11 and 12 o'clock when I get home. So, you, you know, I, at eight and nine years old. Uh, so I remember that, like, I remember, um, you know, being a 90s kid, like I was the first uh, kid in my class to have a cell phone you know like that was back in the days you know where like eight and nine year olds they they didn't they didn't have yeah. cell phones you know I still think <laughs> nine year olds don't need cell phones you but know they, it. Don't. But, they don't yeah, it, it, it is yeah. you know it is a thing now but yeah you know like I was I was like the first kid in my class and like I was I was like I had my first cell phone years before anybody else in my class had a cell phone you know like most people at that time didn't really have cell phones until, like, middle school, or Middle school, I would say. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. So, Danielle, do you feel that way, too, that, like, you missed out on things on occasion? Because, like, I know at one point we talked about this on an episode where it's, like, you guys would get out of school and then your mom would, like, load you guys up into the car and then you're heading into the city because Anthony's got rehearsal or he's got a show that night. So, like, yeah. do you feel like there were moments where, you like, you missed, um, like... I-
1: Yes and no, I think I like I really like enjoyed a lot of the special things that we got to do that a normal kid doesn't get to do, you know, yeah. and yeah, like got to go to the Tony Awards got to meet like a lot of celebrities and actors and like really cool people really nice a lot of nice people too. um, um You know, but I um, what was I gonna say so when Anthony did a Christmas Carol for three seasons that is is, was, I guess, it's not happening right now, hasn't yeah. happened in a while, but um, a heavily child show. They would have 15 kids. They would cast 15 kids in the show. And so what I think was something great that they did is they always kept those kids together. So you basically have like your own little class of kids and you, and, like all the kids would hang out and yeah. Would, and, and,
2: yeah, yeah so there there's was, two like teams, two,
1: like two, two teams, teams of kids, right? Yeah. Cause there'd be like a million <laughs> shows a week cause it's the Christmas time. Yep. So,
2: um weeks nine or ten, ten shows. Yeah,
1: like there cause... were like like the adults would do probably like 15, 16 shows a week.
2: Yeah, so there were two always... cast
1: to kids, no. and then there was three no. kids no. swings And um, <laughs> but they were also really big on that that company was really big too, which is um and Square Garden and um, like Radio City they were really big on like siblings right so like lots of the kids that were in the show had siblings and it was like oh like bring your siblings to the events the parties let them like siblings can hang out backstage like um so they were very kid friendly so I felt like in that sense I mean as a sibling of someone who wasn't you know I wasn't in the show I felt like I was still seeing kids I mean I don't know how you felt during
2: that time but yeah no I mean I, I I loved it you know like I really you know like I do feel like there were things or aspects of normal oh, life I missed out on but um like all the all the things that I got to do uh you know because of it were were absolutely amazing you know being able to go to some of these parties yeah. um yeah at a really young age yeah
1: I mean yeah like there were things like I even remember like this didn't even have to do with Anthony but like Because I would do some work too. I was in high school and I booked um, like a, uh, like a promotional educational video. And I remember my mom called me and I was, I remember I was at a friend's house. My mom called me to tell me I booked it and she was like, okay, but, and I was like, awesome. And she was like, but it's on whatever day. Like one of the filming days was like on a Friday and it was the Friday of one of my friends, Sweet Sixteen. So she was like, you have to pick, do you want to go to the sweet 16 or do you want to do this job? And I ended up picking the job, but yeah, so there were definitely like moments for sure. But, um, I don't think so. We also didn't have like crazy stage parents, like all this. Right.
0: I definitely met both your parents and both your parents were like, yeah, no.
1: Yeah. No. Our parents were like, do you want to do it? um would you know I, like my mom Very said supportive. you know like my mom called me do you want to go to the sweet 16 or do you want to do this job No. So my mom's like it doesn't it has nothing to do with me it's you yeah. so you know they were really good about that um type of stuff like we were still able to go to birthday parties if we can make them a friend but yeah I mean there are definitely different things for sure
0: so do you feel like you had to it's really both of you a lot of these questions could apply to both of you kind of being in it do you feel like you had to grow up faster than you wanted to just because the nature of the business is so busy and fast in and of itself and you, there's just not a lot of time for childlike things so do you feel like you kind of had to like you didn't really like you were kind of like you so it was very clear that you had a childhood and you were able to do normal children things but do you feel like you had to be an adult Sometimes when you want it to be a child,
2: uh, sometimes you know, definitely in certain situations. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I definitely remember myself uh, feeling that way. But you know, not not all the time. There were there were like really good di- directors who kind of really got that you were a kid and would be conscious about that and remember it and make it fun and and understand that like. You may like it may take time or a different tactic, you know, to to bring you know certain things out with you. But yeah, there were definitely times where it was like people would forget you were a kid. Like they would straight up forget you were a kid. You know, I remember, I uh, I was auditioning for the show and I was actually very close to to booking it. It was an off Broadway show and. I knew the director, I had worked with the director on another show and like I went in, I, everything was great about it and like I was actually expecting like to, to book the part and actually like my, my voice teacher knew, knew the, the director and, and, and thought I had a, a really good chance to book the part as well. And so like it went by, didn't get cast in it. And my voice teacher had actually talked to the director and uh, basically told her the reason that I had not gotten the part. And then she relayed this to my mother. But basically the the reason I didn't um, get the part was because the director felt like I didn't answer questions in an appropriate manner. And this was when I was... 10 years old. So like, these weren't things I was conscious, you know, I was just being myself, you know? And so, you you know, for like a a situation like that, it it was hard to kind of come to terms with because it's like, well, damn, like I'm just, I'm just being myself. And, and, and like, you know, like you are just like judging me on the words I'm saying, you're judging me on everything. And it really at that point made it apparent, like, kind of the world that I live in. I think before that, I was a little bit more oblivious to it. And then after that, after that specific incident, I was very conscious about like, all right, like maybe I shouldn't just say whatever comes to mind in auditions. And, you know, maybe I should be a little bit more reserved. But, and I think for me, like growing, like quote unquote, growing up faster was just me becoming more reserved. Like I was less inclined to kind of, share like speak my mind um after that you know as a young kid
0: that's fair that's completely fair
2: i think that's also kind of the
0: the bad side of the business which we've not shied away from talking about on the podcast is that like I can see directors doing that. I can see directors and producers doing that. They didn't give the answers that we wanted. And it's like, there are 10. Like, what answers did you expect them to
1: give? It even happens with adults, right? Uh, yes, yeah, like, all the time. It happens with adults. And even outside of this industry, just, just you know, with, like, jobs in general. I I'm trying to, like, stay away from everything political right now. But I am <laughs> very interested in seeing kind of these ideas of, like, Oh, I expect, some, and I'm not even just talking about, like, in the musical theater or acting or, you know, entertainment industry. I'm talking, like, in general, these ideas of I expect a question to be answered a certain way or I expect you to know how to do X, Y, and Z. I wonder how that's going to shift with everything. And I I can I agree specifically with you. It's been happening in 2020. And I, I think
0: I can agree with you with that before <laughs> the saga that is 2020 and now it's just the expectations of like what like I've ran auditions where I've had a director and we I think we've talked about this in the podcast where he wanted like aerial stunts and I was like but these aren't aerialists these are just dancers like I don't I said maybe one or two of them have like a, you know, a back tuck or a back handspring or something. But like, no, like, I don't expect for them to be able to do silk ropes and things like, like, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't post looking for that, but he was like, oh, but you know, it's it's all the same. They can do it. Like they should have. And it's like, no, not everyone just like, that's not a fair question to ask. Like, I don't want them to, I didn't want to ask them about it because I didn't want them to think that we were penalizing them for not having that information. Right. And that, I think, is the is the bigger thing. Like, And granted, I think there's no harm in asking. But I think it's just like we are kind of in a wave now, especially after 2020, of just like the expectation has to change to accommodate to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it's like I'm dealing with children or adults, like the expectation just has to be this is what it is, and you can go seek it elsewhere, but I don't think you should hold it against people. And yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So we... I want so let's talk about the transition because I know this is something that me and Danielle spent a lot of I feel like a lot of our episodes really do gear towards those fresh out of college, like those new professionals and like learning all those things that they kind of need to learn so they can survive and be an adult in this industry. How do you feel like that process was having and I'm going through this now, like being when I leave New York's market and worked elsewhere? we just get a large wealth of knowledge very quickly working in the New York industry. And I can Mm -hmm. imagine LA is the same too, but I've never worked in that market. But like, I can just imagine, you get such a, because New York is so fast, you just learn things good or bad very quickly. So when I go to other markets, it's just like, Oh God, you guys don't know this stuff. So like, I I have to like slow myself down to accommodate to that. So I want to talk about like, how was that transition from you to like, or even Danielle's. Like I have, a, I know more knowledge than some adults in the room when I walk into a situation. You know, depending on what Like I went through this myself in high school because my um, southeastern theater conference, southeastern theater conference or SETC, is a huge theater conference for all of the southern theater kids. And my high school director was president of the high school division, and her mentor Duke was like the president of like SETC like three or four times. So by the time I got to college, I already knew about this mass audition process. Like, I don't seen it. the show. Like, I was used to, I went every, I went to SETC every year? Every other year? I don't know. I went to a lot. So when I came to college and professors were like, oh, well, we don't know. We really got to look into it. I was like, how you're incompetent, what's happening? Like, so I can only mm. imagine that's, I'm wondering, I shouldn't say imagine for you, but like, I wonder if it's not the same thing was like having done all these shows at at 10, and gone to these auditions and just having this wealth of knowledge. And now you're like, you know, college age, young adult. And they're like, here's a class where we're going to teach you how to beat out a monologue, you know, like, you're like,
2: what? Uh, Yeah, you know, I I think uh, it definitely speaks, you know, I mean, like, college, college was different um, for me than, than high school, you know, high school was this kind of thing where like people got caught hold of, the fact that I was on Broadway and like I would do a, a high school show and they would expect me to, you know, be an example. You know, they, they, you know, these people like these, these high school teachers would expect me to essentially come in and teach these other kids, you know, what they're, you know, do their job but teach these kids as a kid, what the process is like, because they didn't, know it you know you know being at you know Conifer high school they you know up up in the mountains they, they didn't know what what the audition process was so they kind of looked to me to like teach those kind of things and what was proper etiquette and so like those things would be hard on me during high school because like I I felt in high school like I like there was a potential I had to live up to like oh I'm supposed to be this Great actor, and you know, because I was on Broadway as a kid, and it's like, no, like I can just be me, you know. That's not who I am. That's just a part of of me. So, you know, like it was very different um, from from high school to to college. In college, you know, I definitely picked up some uh, some 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 tips. You know, like I I didn't finish my schooling. I went to vocational school. Shout out uh, AMDA, uh you know, American Musical and Dramatic Academy, you know, I I only went for a year and a half. And and really, the reason was, because, like, there were a lot of things like there were a lot of things they taught me, but there were a lot of things I felt like I had already known just by going through it just by having the experience. And it was literally it would be to the point where it's like, what am I doing sitting in this class? Like, and now, now in hindsight, I look at it definitely a lot differently. But at the time, I would look at it like, what am I doing in this class? They're literally sitting here and telling me these things that I know. I'm not, like, I will pick up a, a, a trip and a tip here and there, you know, but, like, it's not enough to go, like, every time. So I would be skipping classes. I would not be going to them. Uh, and, and school, you know, college for me really, really backfired because, like, uh, it just gave me this, like, this sense of, like, they were telling me all this stuff I already knew. And so it's was like, well, I already know this stuff. Like, why don't I just go out and try to figure it out, you know? So, yeah, you know, like, it, it definitely did give me that sense. You know, I think now, now as I'm older, like, I'm more in, like, a guide position where, like, it's where I can kind of, like, tell people, how it was for me and and you know kind of you know tell them the the you know tricks of the trade and the good things to do and the bad things to do you know like i i recently had a, a friend move out here uh from california another uh, actor who i actually do the uh Soulworks page with where we talk about all the mystic stuff and magic stuff and all that good stuff but we it, um to hear about it Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, You know, but, you know, he's an actor as well, and he just moved here too, and so, like, there is a lot of stuff, you know, he went to AMDA as well, way back in the day, and there's a lot of stuff even now, like, having gone to AMDA and completing his courses, that he, like, he didn't know about New York, you know, because he did, he did his schooling in LA, so, like, there was a lot of you know, which speaks to, you know, the different markets, you know, out there, you know, how New York is such a different market than than all the other markets, you know, like, there's lots of things, like, about auditioning, like, he just didn't know, you know, especially about, like, video auditioning, where it's like, you know, you want to film it a certain way, you want to have good light quality, good sound quality, you know, like, these were, you know, you want it to be like a professional audition, you don't want it to just be like a wacky little video, you know, yeah. so... Yeah you know, just kind of giving him some of the the tips and the trades and kind of guiding him through that process. You know, he's learning really, really, really quickly, but, you know, it's, it, it's yeah, it's different.
0: Yeah, I've always been that person because I definitely learned a lot in college, but I learned it from a department. I didn't learn a lot from my theater department. I learned a lot from the tech theater department, the dance department, and music department, but like I've, I was, I've always been that person where it's like, get out of school. It gets in the way of your education because I think in the nature of, and I, I do not, not going to training programs or going to college because I think they are valuable. And I think some people need that time to incubate as a person and grow up. Um, yeah. But I, I'm just, I, the amount of things that I have learned working, like assisting as a choreographer or like being in the rehearsal room and working from different people or working with different actors or dancers who've trained all around the world. Like that's where I felt like my knowledge has increased the most. So I definitely can get that where it's like, it's just a different world. And so feeling that kind of angst about sitting in a classroom where you're like, you're literally going to teach me something that I already know. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you and I have talked about this on our college episodes before where we've really talked about how like, you know, that when we were going to college, there was no like crazy, there wasn't, or there wasn't as much of a like crazy musical theater dance, you know, college program, world competition. Right. And now it's like a huge thing. I actually, sidebar, I actually think that that whole craziness is dying down a little over the past couple of years. Um, But you know, at least from for a long time, that was like this crazy thing where you and I have talked about like, you don't need to go to Baldwin Wallace, like you'll be fine, like you don't need to go to Michigan, like, you'll be fine. And also just because you, you went want, to those I... schools doesn't mean that you're going to get work, because I agree, it's like, I think I learned a lot in college, but I also had experiences where... A professor or someone would be like, Oh, well, when you go audition for a job, and I was like, Pause. That's not what happens.
0: Like Or the one one you're not, I think we have because I know I just talked about Elon, where like I remember when we were when we me and Danielle were auditioning for colleges, Elon was barely on the blip of music theater things. And now like yeah. everyone, like everyone's like, Oh my god, it's the greatest school. I was like, Yeah, it's just them and some cows. Like we did not know about this school at all. It was not on the map at all
1: the whole point is like it's okay that you don't go to a name a name quote-unquote school right it's okay of if course. you go to a program that like is small it's okay if you go to a big program it's okay if you don't don't go to a program, to a program at all it's okay if you don't study theater or acting or dance or, mu- or music at all yeah, right what, what like was
2: the the guy um, uh, in hamilton uh, who played uh, oh, what's his name um Thomas Jefferson he's he's the guy from who originated that part of mm-hmm. I mean, digs. But, yeah, yeah. he Diggs yeah you know he okay. was you know from Oakland had never uh seen or studied ever even seen or listened to a musical before he had booked that part he was a rapper yeah that's right you know that's right um, he was on a, Broadway in, yeah. a a a friend of
0: mine. and I don't mind name dropping her because like she's amazing um yeah. Hannah Cruz. Hannah was Eliza in the tour of Hamilton. She might have done one of the stops in San Francisco, Chicago, but she was Eliza in Hamilton. I first i did work did a show with her, but I first saw her in the forty second street tour she's the she was like Elsa acting out in California for a little bit like she's her resume is stacked did not go to college at all um yep. like but phenomenal talent has worked plenty, but did not go to college at all It's
1: just, it's just that everyone every person learns at their own speed is different and learns their own way which is like you know me as a teacher as a dance teacher one of my biggest arguments and like I've actually gotten into like I need to like check myself sometimes is if I ever have and this hasn't happened in a long time but if I ever have like you know a um, non-arts teacher right so like a Mm -hmm. normal academic homeroom teacher start to go like well this is how kids learn and this is what kids need to do and I don't understand why they're failing my class. And I'm always like, well, pause, because there are different types of learners. And a great thing about having dance in school is those those kids that are visceral, tactile learners, yes. this is going to help them to process better. It is okay that they can't do an, a math equation in their head. It's okay. It doesn't mean that Absolutely. they're not going to succeed in life.
0: <laughs> I, like anthony's laughing but like that's a real thing we constantly battle and even as a choreographer i have been what project was i working on i can't remember this no, year has been so long the
2: Public school system as an actor i i definitely get that it's hard i mean we yeah, even have- i i wasn't a good i was terrible in school because i didn't learn the way people taught like, i and almost flunked out of high school because i um, It's not to say that has nothing to do with my intelligence. It was just, I did not try because I didn't care. I didn't get the way that they were trying to teach it to me. Yeah. I get that. No, I mean, I, I laugh at it because I can, I can relate.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it was a huge going into the beginning of this school year being like, okay, we're going to be remote. There was like a, I work with an incredible group of teachers, thankfully, who all banded together and were like, so here's the thing. We're going to teach little kids online. We have to rethink what benchmarks are and how yes. kids learn. Now you're trying to get them to learn writing through a computer. So you need to calm down. Like,
0: Well, and I just think it, it's kind of universal because like it's, what I was thinking of is I worked on a show before where I had a group of dancers, but they all had different backgrounds. Like I had two kids mm-hmm. that have been dancing since they were two. Then I had another like three or four that like were fresh out of college. So like their technique was flawless, but they didn't know how to adapt and make it. They didn't know how to be real people. <laughs> they just knew how to be great training. Um, and so like, they're, and, but then I've also, I think I've said this before. I've like, when you're choreographing I have some people that they're counters so I'm having to count everything then I have other people that are boom cack smash where it's just noises and sounds and then I've got other people that are totally visual people so I have to do it and then they'll instantly have it and so like in the arts I think we just have to or I guess directors and choreographers as a whole like we've got to be able to speak in multiple different language and learning styles constantly so I think it's just kind of weird to me when people kind of get locked in that there is only one way or that they can only teach or
1: yeah direct a Which show know, one way it's i just, know we have brought up before it's a big problem in academia and like high oh, school yes. Oh, and I know you and I have talked about it before. We both, like, we both went to college, but we both feel very strongly about programs.
2: Well, yeah, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta realize what the school, you know, what our current school system was created for, you know, it was adopted from the Swedish, yeah. uh, sweet, Swedish school system way back in, in the early 1900s or even before. And it was essentially created to pump out, uh uh, factory workers and soldiers that's yeah. why yeah. everything is the way it is in academia yeah. and that's why they fight so hard you know you, you see all these people who are like you know things have changed over the hundred years why haven't the school systems yeah. changed mm-hmm. it's because American system school systems created. I'm going to
0: be that person because we do have listeners around the world American school systems have not changed
2: other yeah. school systems oh, around they, the oh, world. Yeah, no, We're specifically talking about American school systems. There are school systems around no, the world. Have,
1: they haven't changed it at all. Even, in a hundred years. Even down to the standardized testing to get in. Yeah. Like, I have...
0: Or something we... Like, I don't... I think we... like. Um, we only learn this from talking with, like, our foreign friends. It's like, like in year, London, I know for sure, but possibly more than Europe... Like, there is, like, a benchmark you have to pass as a dance teacher to teach dance. Like, you all have to have certain knowledge. And so, like, I would, I mean, I know it would be a pain in my ass if I had to, like, do it. But, like, I would kill for something like that in America just because, like, the amount of times we, like, and me and Danielle talked about this. We get kids that don't know basic terminology, let alone, like, advanced, like, french for ballet terms or things like that like just to standardize like everyone has to know this if you're going to teach yeah. dance so you can pass that knowledge along we don't even have something that simple so like when you don't have that kind of baseline for the arts i think it's just you put yourself at a disadvantage when you only expect when you have flated inspect uh flated expectation expectations 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 for what people can do
1: yeah you know yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole school system
0: thing is like a whole, that could be a whole nother episode again, oh, it could. especially in 2020. Oh. So, much but, so as we, so I do want to kind of get into um, the meditation and like the other forms of healing. So like, I know that for me and Danielle, as our lives have fluctuated in the city from being super busy to having no time, that like our physical and mental health has been like a really important thing. And we've made that an important thing for our listeners to Simply because, like, the the concept of a of a starving artist or unhealthy artist is it's faded. No one can do that. Like, it's just not yeah. sustainable. Um,
1: it's also this like glorified, and I do agree. Yes. I think it's faded, but I like remember in college it was so glorified. Like, it's fine. I'm just gonna go to San Francisco. Yeah. I'll figure it out. And I remember being right. one of the only people who was like, "Sleeping." Okay, so like, I but I want to make money. Yeah. I want to dance and make money. And like, like this, I this like romanticized, glorified, stor- starving artist. Anyway, I just this isn't about money. More so, is it about like, as we've clearly spoken about before, like how do you take care of yourself and why it's important?
0: Okay, wait, really quick, funny story. So every time you were right, I felt like it was very glorified, and someone was like the whole like it was they were having auditions for So You Think Can Dance who knows what season one of my friends from college actually made it on the show so good for him he's doing well Yay. but um I remember they like the auditions were not in Jacksonville Florida where I went to college so it was either in like Atlanta or Orlando or like possibly Miami somewhere we were gonna they were gonna have to travel to go to it and we're broke college kids so everyone was like oh well we'll just sleep in our cards and stuff like that and at the time I'm from just outside of Atlanta. So like to go back and forth and I did not have a car of my own. So I would take the Greyhound bus back and forth to Jacksonville for like holidays or whatever. And um, I remember like how uncomfortable it was to sleep on that bus and like get up and have to function once I got home or get back to school and whatever. And so the whole time they're like, we're going to sleep in our car so, so you can dance audition." And I'm like, my body's a wreck after like sitting on a Greyhound bus that's like comfortable seating and like, or even the times I would fly, I would still be like, this is not comfortable to have to go and dance. You want to like sleep, sleep in your car and then go do a really yeah. hard dance audition. I'm good. I'm good. Like, I just, I know, no, 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 no. no. Um, yeah. So Anthony, let's talk about what? some of your, uh, some of the healthier things that you found as you've continued. To yeah. Work.
1: So why start with like, how you got into it and why you got into. So, okay, let's backtrack for a minute. So we're kind of talking about now about like meditation, spiritual healing, using movement, um, mu- movement and music mm-hmm. specifically, like why those are so healing and they can help with manifesting and enlightening. So how did you get into it? And um, why and all that
2: good stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I really uh, started kind of, my spiritual journey I, um, back in 2016, I would say I had my first awakening. And it really just kind of, actually, oddly, oddly enough, uh, my awakening was uh, stemmed from nonetheless Hamilton, the show. Uh, basically, what was going on is it was, uh, had just come out in 2015. And uh, my best friend who, who had just recently, who has just recently moved out here, uh, was, uh, you know, he was he was really hyped on it. He was hyped on it. And so, you know, he kept telling me to, to listen to it. And at this point in my life, I I was really taking a break from theater and acting and, and musicals. And I hadn't listened to a musical in probably three years at, at this point in my life. And he's telling me, you know just listened to it. I had no idea what it was about. You know, the name, I I didn't know anything about it. So, and the name sounded weird to me. So I'm like, I'm clowning him and you know, Oh, you want me to go and listen to Hamilton? Like that sounds stupid. And of of course it was amazing, but you know, eventually like, it it just kind of got this idea into my head to, uh, you know, listen to another musical. And so I listened and it, it was a very, um, intense emotional experience because I hadn't realized like I had blocked that part of, of myself out and so you know when I had first kind of come back into contact with musicals like it, like uh, I was in my car driving home and I put on Tick Tick Boom and from yeah. the first song I, I instantly started to bawl like like I was, I, was, I was driving. I was and I was literally like, I, I, I couldn't imagine people like actually looking into my car because like they just saw me just driving. And I was just like because like it was just like I I just like I hadn't listened to 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 it in three years and like I I didn't realize how much like I like my soul needed that aspect of my life. And then from there, I li- listened to Hamilton which got me kind of into history and looking back on how things happened, you know, uh, you know, during the times of the founding fathers, and then from there going back even further, kind of wanting to understand the purpose of things and where things come from. And so, yeah, oddly enough, a musical did set me on my spiritual path. And from there, it's just been, you know, collecting knowledge, uh, collecting information or gaining knowledge, I should say, and collecting information because they are definitely two different things. But, you know, initially it was a lot of uh, reading, watching videos wherever I could on, on, you know, spiritual subjects. I started with um, Infinite Waters, shout out to them, um, Uh, who else? spirit science, shout out to them. They're awesome. If you are looking for a great jumping off point for anything mystical. And yeah, you know, so I I kept I kept gaining this information and a lot of what would come up in my in in this information of like, how to practice certain certain things like, uh, you know, Kundalini or Kabbalah, which they technically say in Kabbalah that they don't actually meditate, but in, it, it's essentially what they do is the, is the same essence, but you know, just, just really, uh, it came up, you know, what kept coming up was, you know, you got to meditate, you know, if you really want to understand you got to do the work. And if you want to do the work, part of doing the work is, is the meditation. And so eventually I just, I just uh, gave into it and started giving it a try and it, uh, just like from the moment I started doing it, I noticed drastic, um, changes in my life, drastic improvements. And like this, this was at a time when like my life was like very chaotic, you know, like I, like I was, I had just been recently diagnosed at this time around 2018 at this point when I started meditating, uh, you know, I, I had been diagnosed with bipolar and that kind of, me in a weird place and caused my life to to spiral just because I didn't know how to deal with it. And I didn't know kind of there was things I didn't really like know why I was doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like I started meditating and like instantly I, you know, I saw my life improve, you know, and it was really just through the lens of how I see the world and my perspective, you know, My, my whole perception on the world and life just changed as soon as I started meditating you know and uh you know I really started with mindful meditating which is just you know sitting focusing on what comes into your thought stream acknowledging that it's there letting it go like really trying to kind of see what's present and you know what's present where things are coming from you know being being mindful you know so um so I started with that. And then from there going into other meditations, and then really learning a little bit more uh, about meditation and, and kind of how like, uh, you know, for instance, like how emotion can physically affect your body, you know, and mm-hmm. so it's like, literally, like, you have this thing that comes from within you this emotion that will literally cause a physical reaction in your body, you know, to the point where it's like, if you are experiencing fear, you know your cortis your cortisol levels uh, lower. I think it is. They rise or they lower. Um, Can't remember which one. It's one of, of the two. They they rise they lower. But basically, the result um, ends up being that it depletes your vitamin C in your body when you're fe- when you're when you're feeling this emotion. It literally causes you, your, it's, yeah, it's to rise, your cortisol levels to rise, and it depletes your vitamin C, causing you to have a lower immune system. Yeah. Literally. And emotion can cause positive and negative effects on your body. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: I actually had something, I remember, I'll never forget this, years and years ago after college, when I first moved back to New York, I had this roommate. And she's been dating a guy for about six months and it was their six month anniversary. Right. Which I'm still like, who celebrates six months for an one. She's
0: but we'll- terrible, but continue. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> and she was like, Oh, so-and-so planned this like big day. We have dinner. We're going to go to a spa. And I remember her telling me she wasn't excited and she sounded really anxious. And I was like, well, what's wrong? Like, why do you feel so anxious? And she was like, I think he's going to propose. And I was like, what? We were like relatively young too. She's a little bit older than I was, but we were relatively young, you know? And I was like, what do you mean propose?" And She's like, he's brought it up a lot. He has this whole day planned. And she texted me that night, or I think I might have texted her the night they went out and checked in. How's it going? Did anything happen? How are you feeling? And I didn't hear back from her till the next morning when she texted me back and said, I ended up in the hospital due to an anxiety attack. I couldn't, she was like, I couldn't move. And I'm like, yeah, because you literally had anxiety, those emotions of fear and anxiety and overwhelmingness cause your entire body to shut down. And she said she was getting like heart palpitations. And so, like, I'll never forget that because I'm like, those are really, and she kept like, I remember when she was telling me, she's like, we don't know what was wrong. The doctors did all these tests. Like, I don't know why I had heart palpitations. Like, I didn't know if it was an allergic reaction. And I remember telling her, like, I can tell you what happened. You were scared that he was going to propose and you're not ready. That's mm-hmm. what happened. I was like, I'm telling you that's what happened. <laughs> like, I think
0: I've seen um, moments of this. My, I know I've seen moments of this myself because it makes me think of sort of like stage fright and things like mm-hmm. that, or like I've had dance partners before where like <laughs> it we say it's, and I think it's one of those things that we we as humans realize this, but because of our busy nature, we dismiss the emotional toll our bodies have, the emotional effect that our bodies have, wait, the emotional mm-hmm. toll that our bodies can have because of emotions. I think that's it. Um Because I just had one dance partner that I had to lift her, but if she was upset or stress her body would just naturally tense up so i went from to me it felt as if i would go from carrying like a pillow to like a pound of weight because her body all those muscles would seize up and so that would always be such a struggle for me um or a lot on the reverse side of that i've dealt with with children when they're doing what they're stage right they get so nervous that they've i've seen kids throw up I've had kids like literally break down and start crying and they're like, I literally talking normal, but they're like, I don't know why I'm crying. But like their body, essentially their emotions gotten so heightened that their body had to react. I've seen Mm -hmm. people break out in hives before. Like hives is actually, hives is a really common one, honestly, among dancers, like breaking out into hives. I've seen that quite often with a lot of, a lot of dancers that can't get their emotions under control. Like, I think their muscles are trained not to respond. So the next thing is their skin to literally just start reacting to those types of things. And you know what
1: that makes me think of? Side note is something we talked about last week when we were talking about our, we were talking about Suspiria, but we had brought a black swan, which we were talking about. And I said, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. But black swan is an amazing depiction of, of anxiety and trauma and what it does to the body, yes. and what it makes <laughs> you do, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, And you know, let's let's talk about this a little bit more. What um what really causes causes that? Um, because you know there, you know, everything in this in this reality is is cause and effect. You know, reality consciousness. So you know, basically, what what that is is um we go through things in our lives that are very traumatic to us. Everybody goes through these things. You know, some go through more traumatic stuff than others but everybody goes through their own set of traumatic events in their lives and what happens is emotion energetically your body cannot take on all of what it's feeling like it can't like so when something happens to you and you feel something it can't hold all of that energy with inside you so basically what happens is as you are because you know you you hold on to it you hold on to that negative energy from that traumatic experience mm-hmm. and it causes to manifest in your body, you know, so it'll, it'll cause your body to, uh, you know, like, like you said, it will cause a reaction of highs, you know, like stress can, can cause a whole bunch of negative effects to you uh, definitely. But yeah, you know, like literally what is happening is, you know, so like when you see somebody who is tensed up like that, you know, they it, it really it comes from a traumatic experience. And it's something that it's emotion and it's emotional energy that they are holding on to that they don't either know how to release or don't want to release and most people it's typically they they don't know how to release it, you know, oh, yeah. and right and so like you will literally uh, you and you will feel that in your body, you know, the more at work you do with energy, you like you will feel it, you know, for instance, Um, I've always had back problems. And no matter how much I work, I work out a lot. Um, You know, like I would always have this this one certain was it lower back pain in my was this my right in my right areas, like in the lower back. And no matter what I would do, I could not get rid of that pain, I would focus just on that, just on that area, I would work it extra hard, like, no matter what I would do, I, I couldn't get that feeling off. And then recently over the last couple of months, um, just through meditation, nonetheless, uh, because meditation can be used for a lot of different things. Uh, you know, I kind of located uh, what emotionally had happened that causes this pain in my body. And I've done some work to let it go. And now it's at the point where I don't I don't feel that pain in that spot anymore because I've consciously located what creates it and I have worked on letting it go, you know?
0: It makes me think of, so there's something, um, when you do dance therapy where dance therapy is the opposite is where you, you attack the body first and then you figure out what's create, why, why the body is there. And it usually nine times out of 10 ends up in an emotional route. I remember doing this training course in it and that it, we were working with, it was a group of dancers working with a group of like business people. Like they all worked in offices and things like that. And we were showing them, we were going through just port de the carriage of the arms, like just arm passages. And several of them just noticed how like they would go through some of the motion, they would go through some of the positions and their backs so would like seize up. And so they would go through it again and they would seize up. And then we would talk about stuff with them as they're going through the motions. And one of the girls, she's like, Oh, mine is so much more relaxed now. And so she kind of started being like, Oh, I think I attach all of my mental work stress in like the in between the two shoulder blades. And we're like, that's common for a lot of people. But it wasn't until they could physically put, and I think this is the mind playing a part of the spirit in the body, until their minds could physically attach. Something to it they couldn't understand that their bodies was holding stress or holding right. tension that they couldn't even associate together yet. Um because so it,
2: yeah, yeah, because like you gotta you you know you definitely gotta understand that like um it uh yeah like your body your body will hold that stress, and most people just aren't aware of that. You know, most people just don't realize it, and it was literally until a friend had uh pointed it out to me, like, okay, like, your experience, like, your experience, like, I didn't really notice or or put value to to that specific pain. Like I was just like, that's something I've always dealt with. So like, I, you know, like, I've always dealt with it. So and then, you know, she was kind of like, well, no, you, you got to do the emotional work. If you really want that, you know, you got to let that emotional energy go, if you want your body to heal, you know, and so I, I definitely agree with that, you know, where it's like, you pinpoint where it is, because if you can show somebody or you, not necessarily show them, but kind but yeah, I guess in a sense, show them, you know, what, so, what a situation feels like or what something is supposed to feel like they can compare and say, okay, this isn't how it feels. All right. This is how it's supposed to feel. Let me try to work on it. Feeling this way. Yeah. There's um, this awesome
1: book I, I have and I've read and it,
2: um, not exactly what we're going to continue
1: to talk about, but It's called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's this book written by uh, one doctor, and then he has excerpts with other doctors, um, and it's all about trauma in your body and how your body responds to This book is specifically about trauma and how your body responds to trauma and how you need to, like, your physical reactions are a result of you compartmentalizing and trying to, like, block it out without working through it. Um, and there's a whole section on music and dance therapy in it as well, and like why that's so in, can be so important. But if anyone's like interested in what we're talking about right now, I suggest the book. It's very yeah, good. We
0: will definitely link that to the Instagram account and leave information about that.
1: Um, but so I want to move on. So okay, this is we've been talking about the negative things, right? What are the positive effects though of doing work with mindful work and meditations? What's like the positive? Fast. Yeah.
2: So, um, you know, for instance, you are more aware, so you know, you know what is going on with, with your body, you know, mm-hmm. for instance, so like, you know, if you practice those types of meditations, but you know, if you practice like body meditations, like you are very aware of what's going on. So if you feel a physical reaction, come on, you can kind of consciously pinpoint it. And be like, okay, like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I can do to combat that. You know, I'm, I'm a big, big advocate of you shouldn't try to fight the feelings that you feel. you got to, like, that's the whole part of letting it go pass through your bodies. you got to feel it and go through it and release it. And a lot of people will try to just bottle their stuff up or not deal with their emotion because it feels uncomfortable. But if you, you, you know, you lean into that uncomfortability, things kind of get better. But yeah, you know, like that's that's definitely a a positive. It restructures your brain um, to be just more organized, not necessarily more analytical, but more organized. So that when you are trying to kind of do visualizing and put something together or put a plan into place, like you can kind of you know organize it a lot more quickly. And so you know, like it just like the information will organize in your head a lot better. It keeps you, uh, you, you know, it can definitely uh, get you out of your senses, which is uh, from a Kab- Kabbalistic standpoint, something that keeps us um, away from being close to God. So in that sense, you could become closer to God with meditation. Um, and then physical reactions, like we were talking about earlier, you know, it's what you think causes your physical causes physical reactions in your body so if you are you know stress you know stress free and it's not necessarily about being positive all the time like I said earlier you know like you definitely want to experience the emotions that you are experiencing that's all part of life that's why it exists it exists here to uh to experiencing it the good the bad the the beautiful and the ugly, it's all here for it to be experienced. And so yeah, like, you know, for for something like fear, it will cause that that physical reaction. But the thing that will make it worse is if you go and try to fight it and go, Okay, like, I don't want to feel fear anymore. So I'm going to do this and that to get my mind off of it. Now, like, if you just sit with that feeling and meditate on that feeling, for instance, it may be uncomfortable. At, at first, but eventually it's gonna get better and then you're gonna be able to pinpoint why you feel what you feel, you know. Um yeah, you know, and just like just being able to, you know, meditation is just great, just being able to pick out the subtleties in life and and, and in emotion as well. You know, like for instance, um you got uh what is it? Um what is it? Uh stress, fear, uh what is it? Exactly anxiety and excitement are actually ha- exactly same. have the they have the mm-hmm. same physical uh um, it's a it's
1: a and ra- it's arousal arousal and fear is the same is the same yeah. chemical reaction
2: yeah. so right. so if you are telling yourself when you're feeling this this thing because you're used to feeling it in this light oh this is anxiety this is stress you know you're going to feel it as stress and anxiety. But if you change your mindset to go, OK, I'm feeling this feeling, normally I would say it's stress. But oh, wait, no, it, it, it could be excitement. Oh, wait, I'm going to change that mindset to I'm feeling excited. It becomes it's the same exact reaction. It becomes a positive reaction.
0: Yeah. yeah? That, that makes me think of so something an artist said to me many, many moons ago. Um, she said that your, your art is your spirit. And I constantly think of that when it becomes to, te- so one, I thought it was very, like when you were like, I found musicals and I didn't realize I shut that part of myself off. To me, I'm often like, oh, I didn't realize I shut a part of my spirit off. Cause I went through something very similar to that. It's a much shorter period. Cause I learned like life was kicking me in the ass, but I, essentially when I graduated college, I lost a family member. So I literally graduated. And then like two days later I was at a funeral um so I also graduated in December so like for the month of December I did not do anything artistic which for anyone out there in the world that's impossible to do during Christmas season but I shied away from it just because I was like I just needed a break from all all emotion is what I realize now I didn't want to touch emotion so that meant I couldn't touch art I I did not make that correlation until many moons later but um so it's it's one of those things of like in a now that I do know that and I am aware of, like, how connected my art and my spirit is, and in turn my body is, I'm almost I'm at that point now where I will literally, because I hold shoulder, I show stress right um, in my right shoulder blade. And so, like, there will be mornings where I'll wake up and it'll start hurting. I was like, oh, it's hurting. Who, what's bothering me? Hmm. Like, I will stop and, like, kind of go through what's bothering me because I I found that it will start affecting my art. Like, yeah. I literally, like, woke up, had to choreograph some stuff for a school I was working at, and it was terrible. I ended up, like, the next week, like, resetting the entire piece, because I was like, that was garbage. I gave those children garbage. I cannot put that on stage. But I I think it might have been, like, something is, like, a bill was due, and I hadn't got paid from another contractor. Normal, everyday life stuff. But for many of years, I just, like, would bottle that in. It would build up in my shoulder, and I would still keep pounding through it. And I think... Yeah the reason why I think this is important for us as artists to deal with in particular 2020, as most of us artists are like barely working, or if we are working, we're not working in our field. um, Like we can't, the solution can't just be to power our way through, which we as men are often taught way too often, but we as artists in particular dancers, we're taught, you know, I shouldn't say just dancers, but most artists, we're taught to just power through the show must go on. mm But the show can't go on if you're in a hospital bed because, you know, (laughs) because, you know, and we've talked about this in different regards, but like you've got a broken ankle, the show ain't going to go on. But if you keep breaking out into hives or you keep having, you know, massive migraines, you know, the show can't go on because you're, those are signs from your body may, and they may manifest differently than what we perceive, which is why I've tried meditation, meditation isn't my struggle. I work better with like yoga. Meditation through yoga, which I guess, is, would be in which that is a
2: form of, of meditation yeah, when it comes down meditation. to it. Yeah. You know, you um, can like, actually even find, you know, like where Like I get into a very meditative state when I am working out doing spin. Yes. You know? Yes. So, like, there are many. It's not just um, sitting down and and you know, cross legged and and breathing. Like breathing is a huge aspect of of, of meditation that you need to meditate, but like you can get into meditative states doing so many different things. You can work out um, a cold shower because it will cause your breathing to slow. And really that's, you know, that's the essence of meditation is in your breath work, you know? And so as as a singer, you know, like that's that's one of the big things that really connected with me to meditation. And so it's like anything that will you know, slow your breath and gets you into that headspace, that frequency of stillness almost. And like, literally, like, I, I, it's, it's very, it's a very funny sensation when I'm on like a spin bike, because I'm moving, I'm going. But when I'm on that bike, my my mind is clear, I'm in the moment, I am present. And that is really what meditation is, it is being present in the moment, you know, you're not thinking about the past, you're not thinking about, you know, what happened, you know, three years ago, you, you know, on an audition, you're not thinking about, or last week on an audition, but, uh, you know, you're not thinking about the bad things that happened or the good things that happened years ago or, or last week, you know, and you're not thinking about the future, you are 100% in in the moment, you know, and like, that's also what, I, I mean, I, I, I probably would, you know, for say, at least for me, you know, what, art like what music and, and dance does for me it, it puts me in the moment so it can definitely be you know like even even doing dance and singing can put you into a meditative state you know like when you know if you get past the, the words and the steps like and you know what you're doing like it can put you in that
0: meditation yeah because i got some i'm not this person but i know some dancers they zone out at the bar like when they're doing bar work they yes. zone out. And I'm like, no, I'm definitely with you, Anthony. Like, you get me on, a, on an elliptical, and once I've learned, once my body is preoccupied, my mind can, like, go and, to all these wonderful places. But, like, I've literally seen her name is Catherine. She's a fabulous uh, ballerina. But she will, like, be going through a full, a complicated bar routine, and then we'll turn around It like, we'll finish bar and be like, so I figured out what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this, 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 and I was like, how was your brain there? And she was like, oh, I, like, my body is in this kind of just, I, I think that's something I, I should honestly look more into, but meditative states outside of just the sitting tranquil. Cause I'm one of those, yes. my body needs to be active for me, which is why I think I guess I guess I found my meditation through doing yoga and Pilates because, yes. yeah, yep. and then other forms of exercise just cause like, I need my body to be moving so that my mind can, my body has to slow down so my mind can slow down is what I found what kind of works for me. Um, yeah.
2: yeah, I like, I literally, I think that's why Tai Chi was created, was the person who created it was constantly meditated, uh, meditating and that's all they were doing. And it got to the point where only meditating caused negative effects on the body because they weren't moving their body and getting their body acting. Active, so they they came up with the system that t- you use intentional movement to get into that meditative state, and so you're meditating and moving at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, I mean, like, there's a lot of of things um, that is meditation. Meditation isn't just you know just that. Si- yeah, and yeah, like it's a great thing if you can build that s- skill, but there are some people who cannot sit down and. And again, you know, like I would say it's about practice. When I when I started, like I I couldn't sit down and just be with myself for for more than two minutes, you know, more than really 30 seconds, let alone two minutes. And now I can go, you know, a couple of hours if I if I choose, which I usually
0: do. I'm that person that I think, and this to me goes back to my art is my spirit, a lot of people, and again, the uh, magic of 2020. I think a lot of people had to sit with themselves yes. realize that they did not like themselves or they did not like their surroundings or they did not like the environment or the spirits or, you know, Oh, we can go very concretely. You just didn't like the person you were beside or the dog that you've been living with, or, you know, I've just seen that manifest in a lot of different ways. And I will, I will give this, this kind of piece to our listeners a lot of the great talents of pretty much anyone you admire, all of them at some point have talked about how once they found stillness within themselves or stillness around them, the art that they were able to create because of that, you know? Um, or like I, we uh, speaking of Hamilton, Lin, Linus talked about how he started this idea in college, but he didn't find it until later, you know, or I don't know, numerous, you know, um, Audra McDonald, one of my faves, she talked about like how she doesn't find it in, she doesn't find a lot of the characters that she's portrayed in being in the rehearsal room. She's like, it's when I get home, when I'm with my family, when I, you know, wherever her piece and her kind of tranquil moment is. And I, I've seen this happen in rehearsal rooms with people working on duets and solos until they kind of like, you can go through the motions, you can go through the movement, but until they kind of like find that inner peace, certain things don't come to them so quickly or so easily, you know, um, I had another friend. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I had another friend that like, she used to struggle constantly with being on her leg. And then like the minute, and it wasn't ana, anatomically, that was an issue. She would physically be there, but like kind of balancing on her leg was always such a struggle for her mm-hmm. until like literally she she did more practices into meditation and focusing and like was able to kind of like calm her mind so that she could just instantly roll and be on her leg and just kind of
1: yeah I mean I absolutely like I even think about how I would always (laughs) at my last job and I'm laughing and I'll tell you why I'm laughing you probably know this Tony right though at my last job before I started my current teaching job my final year with that company it was a hard year and it was a year where like my friends and I have laughed about it this year because we're like In the moment, you didn't realize like how shitty the situation was until you got space away from it. And then I'm like, the fact that we would all go hang out at someone's apartment on a Friday and every single person would drink a bottle of wine every single Friday is not healthy. That's a problem, right? And like, anyway. But I remember that like on certain days, I would have these professional developments with other dance teachers and I would go and it wasn't every week every other week, every two weeks, whatever, I'd go, and I'd leave. And then I was supposed to go back to my school. And I just feel so good. I just spent two hours in a room with dancers. We've been just like, talking to each other, like, like bouncing ideas off of each other, like using movement to to move through ideas. And then I'd get to my school building, and everyone would be in a bad mood. And immediately, everything would shift. And I was like, It would be so depressing because I really feel like I would be able to get to a space energetically and emotionally where I felt really clear, engaged, happy, present. That was the thing. I think I felt present and I was like, I'm ready to do the day now. And then I would get to my school building and I'd be like, and now y'all just took that away from me. So I'm, I mean, I've been a big person about energy, right? Like I think, you know, and I think, you know, this Tony, as my friend is like, over the past couple of years, you know, there's been people in my life who have shifted because I just, my soul can't
0: have that. <laughs> like, to go stretch. As we said in our last episode, I gotta go stretch. I gotta go
1: stretch. <laughs>
0: like, I, and I just, and I think I would agree with Danielle too. And I think it's, uh, for me, I just like my career prior to 2020 craziness was like going in a great place. I was happy with things that were happening and were going to happen. And so I just didn't want to take that undue stress. Or like walking into where I'm with you. I've walked into rehearsal rooms or school buildings. And it's just like the energy in here is gross. Like it's I don't not want good. like to- I
1: immediately can feel it and I'm like
0: this is like I can't be near this today I've like and I'm I'm getting to the point now where I feel like a total hippie where I'm like someone like candles I didn't bring any sage but like we just got let's take a moment and breathe let's just stretch everyone take five someone go smoke a cigarette if you need to but because like this whatever energy we built in here I don't want to create in this energy because yeah, right it's not what we're creating here
2: yeah and that's you know? and I
0: think that is something and I this is what I would say to like our, our artists that are in the midst of it in the moment is like stepping away is okay. If 2020 has taught me anything, stepping away is okay. To the artists that are new and trying to break into this industry, I know it looks impossible right now just because of COVID. But the thing I would say to you is know that every space isn't the space you're meant to be in and trust that gut feeling sometimes because I get it. You're And we're all going to be so gung ho to go after all of the things settle down. But it's one of those things of like, I have, if anything, COVID has furthered for me, it's like the peace and non-stress that I've enjoyed. I don't want to go back to it. And there will be some degree of stress in any project that you take. But I just, the it should be the right kind of stress is what I would say to anyone. The same with there's like good fat it. and bad fat. There's got to be good stress and bad stress too. Like you have to know when that stress is, Eating you alive and taking away from your your health and your art, and when that stress is challenging you to be better, you know, or to and yeah, building yeah. you up.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, we we live in a reality that is dual. Du- you know, every everything is about this this duality. You know, good, bad, right, wrong, and to to the point where literally, like, pot, like, yes, literally, like, there is positive stress, and there is negative stress, there is positive good vibes, and there is negative good vibes, like, literally, you, you know, and so yeah, like energy is is extremely important. And you know, you have to protect your energy, you know, and that's that is, you know, that is yet again, another thing that meditation does for you is it helps you protect your energy, it helps you stay in the vibration that you are, so you don't come down to that, And when you get really good at meditation um you can actually your presence alone just entering a space a room can just instantly lift that vibration if you are in that place and you know how to do that you can literally walk into a room and change the entire energy you know without without doing anything just why just your presence walking in if you know how to do it can change the whole room's energy, you know, and so it, it is, it is a very important thing. It's, it's very important to protect your energy, um, which definitely ties in to a point that I've, I've kind of seen throughout this whole show, which is um, uh, through this whole episode, which is um, balance, you know, you gotta, you gotta have, have balance. You know, like I said, we, we live in this, this duality reality. And so it's like, it, like, even good things in too much excess, excess can become negative, you know, you got to do it, you know, the right amount, you know, even, even with move. you know, movement, movement can be an incredibly healing, you know, incredibly healing, incredibly enlightening, meditative, all of that. But like, if you're doing it, you know, you, you're doing it for like, what are those things they used to do in the 50s, where it was like, um, you would drop. You would dance until you would drop. You know, like they would have those contents oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So
1: they would have, like, and you like would like go band. for like 20, yeah.
2: 24 hours, and people would go until like, they, like Yeah, and sometimes they
1: like televised them. Right, and yeah. people
2: would literally get sick from doing that because, like, they would do it to the point where it was too much. Yeah, and we I don't have those parties
0: but and we definitely exactly. have this. Um, we definitely still have that. Where we've talked about this on the episode before. where Dancers are pushing their bodies to the brink, where they're mentally and physically exhausted, and they're like, yes. "Oh, I have to keep going." And it's just like that. And there are companies that want you to do that. Well, let's be for real. There are companies that want that, and they, they think that's what makes great art. And it's like, maybe, but that you will get thirty seconds of it as your body deteriorates. Right. So, like, right. no. Not a fan.
1: Um, I do want to, so I do want to talk about, I want to hit two more points, but my first point is talk to us. Cause I know that while you're not necessarily like a dancer, but you know a lot about like what movement can do for the, for healing and the body and meditation and manifesting. Can you talk about that? And then also music, mm-hmm. um, especially cause I know that you have some stuff in the works with music and stuff. Yeah kind yeah, of, but yeah, like what like how yeah, does for sure. how does like movement and music what can that do for you when you're trying to really just like balance and be healthy and like
2: well I mean it, it can do a lot. It's all about you know intention, um which is a, a is a big thing in uh magical practices, it's all about symbolism and intention. And so, you know, like even even you know, thinking about when you choreograph a dance, like how much intention you put into that, like, okay, I'm going to do, I like this move, you know, you, you're telling a story. So it's like, all right, like this moves are, you know, these, these moves or sequence are supposed to uh, relay this message or this point, you know, you know, you, you really have to, to think about it. You know, it's not, it's not just, you know, all right, I'm going to put a whole bunch of moves together and, see what happens you know it, it, you know you have you have that intention to create something to tell a story to get a point across and so you know like with anything you know that's that is you know what what you know music and and, and movement does you know it all comes down to the intention you know what are you, what are you trying to do with with movement or music are you trying to heal are you trying to gain a deeper understanding of life, because I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've certainly been in situations where like, I am in the moment dancing and like, some deep profound truth about life or the universe will just kind of come through. And I'll be like, I will be dancing or moving or singing. And I'll be like, yes, I just I get I understand that about life, you know, so it it can like, it's all about your intention, you know, so I would say, you know, healing wise, uh, it's a very powerful, very powerful tool because it can cleanse, you know, on an energetic level, uh, you know, music, music uh, in itself can cleanse, you know, you, you see people uh, with like singing bowls, which are like the bowls you fill up with water and you create the sound yeah. with the water. I mean, those are amazing. But like with instruments like that, and even regular everyday instruments, like when Did you play playing, the guitar, you- don't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I do. I do play the guitar from time to time. I'm not amazing at it, but I definitely do. But you know, like think about what happens when you play a note, you know, it creates a vibration. It creates a physical vibration that you can like, if you put your hand up against that vibration, like up against where that sound is coming from, you can feel the sound come out of it, you know? And so it's, it's very, it's, it's a very powerful thing, because um, at the end, like at the very fundamental, everything, like at the very, like, bottom of everything, you know, and depending on on who you ask, everything is frequency and vibration. And what is what is, you know, music and movement, it's just um, frequency and vibration. What is movement? Movement is, is, you know, Movement was essentially created to em- emulate frequency and vibration. What frequency and vibration does? And so, um, yeah, you know, like it's very healing because you can use it to release things. You can use it to gain a deeper understanding. It, it's, I mean, it's all it's it's very all-purposeful, you know. And, and you know, just in the creative process as well, like it can. Be very healing because you know creating can give you a sense of, of pride and control and all of those good feelings. So yeah, was that what you were talking about? Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think so. That and brings us, no, us to great.
0: Um, that brings us to our this part of the episode that we call the tip of the week. Oh, wait. So,
1: sorry, oh, no, not. I to ask one more thing. Maybe yeah. this time actually goes into the tip of the week. So this is probably it. But I was going to say, like, so now that you kind of have, you know, really been studying and learning about all of these different practices and you've been actively engaged in these practices, continuing to, you know, you're in New York, you're, you know, going on the path of acting. How do you think that it has influenced or helped um, or shaped or made you think about kind of like auditions and and Jobs and even the work that
2: you do. Yeah, you know, um, I think the the biggest biggest practice um, that I can relate to this would just be magic um, and kind of un, you know gaining a, a more in depth understanding of how magic works, what it is, and I'm not talking about uh, magic as M I M A G I K C. I'm talking about M I G I K, like the actual. Magic, like actual witchcraft, magic—you um, know, high magic, low magic, all that good stuff—is, um, uh, you know, like it kind of, uh, basically, essentially, what you are doing with magic is you are um, changing. You know, you are working with with the the forces that 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 you know that are out. Well technically within you but you know they are also without you you're working with these forces to bring upon a certain outcome you know and so like I would define magic as like the practical like a, a practical way of changing reality according to will you know and so understanding that it gives me this understanding of you know, you got to put things out there, you know? So it's like, you you got to get yourself out there. You got to put yourself out there. You got to put things out there, all, all the good stuff. And uh, then you got to let it go. You know, you, you got to let the forces at will do what they're going to do. And the more you like, you don't let things go, then, you know, like, cause I've, I've found myself, um, you know, pre premeditated me. Um, you know, I go on an audition and I get crazy about it. Like, oh my God, am I going to get it? Like, what's going on? Why haven't I heard from them? Oh my God, I'm not going to get it. Jesus Christ is, you know, all, all those crazy thoughts that run through your head when you're waiting for an audition. And, uh, you know, since since kind of starting to practice magic, it it, it is just like, whether you use the magical forces to, uh, you know, manifest or, you know, create, whatever you're doing with magic, because there's a lot of applications for magic, you know, um, whether you're like, whether you're doing that or whether you're not doing that, you know, whether you're just throwing something out there, you know, without using these, consciously using these forces, you just gotta, you gotta get things out there and you gotta let it go, you know? And if you can find a way to just kind of let it go and not be checking up on it or thinking about it, uh i I find that the universe does take care you know it's like it, it's all about what you believe you know you know you, you your reality is what you believe you know and so if you think that you're not gonna get these things and all of that you're not gonna get these things but also you know what people overlook a lot is feeding feeding energy into something so it's like literally you know like you do, the, you do the thing and then you still think about it, you know, and because you are thinking these thoughts, you are actually feeding that situation energy. And a lot of people will do exactly what I described a, a minute ago, you know, with, especially with auditions, like, oh, my God, I didn't get it. I, I'm not getting it. Oh, maybe I will get it. You know, you you have to believe that that is going to happen. And maybe it's not this particular audition that that's meant for you, but you got to you got to believe that it's going to happen. And, and, you know, the more belief that you put into something, um, you know, and the more trust that you put in the universe, you know, the better your life is going to get, you know, you know, I think a lot of people uh, view the universe as because we live in this world of, of duality of, you know, there's good things that happen to you and there's bad things that happen to you. But um you know, and a lot of people will think like, all right, like these good things are coming from a different place than these bad things. But at the end of the day, they're all coming from the same place. They are all, all these, the good, the bad, the beautiful, and the ugly were all, were all put in place to be experienced. You know, that's what they were meant here to to be, you know, because you can't experience unbountable pleasure without uh, experiencing suffering. You won't know that sensation. If you don't have something to compare it to,
0: you don't hear and, the no's. The hearing the yes doesn't matter.
2: You know. So so I I would just you know I would I would say it's helped me in just letting letting things go. You know, I'm just trusting in the universe, knowing that you know what is going to happen is meant is meant to be for me. Like it's meant to be in my awareness. It, you know, every situation, good the bad is supposed to either be in my life as a you know a blessing or it's supposed to be in my life as a lesson. And you know, like a lot of people will will feed an energy of like, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. I hate that this is happening to me. Instead of trying to look at it from a standpoint of, well, why is this happening to me? What is the creator or source or the universe, whatever you want to call it, trying to teach me or show me with this situation? Because if you look at it like that, you, you it's you gain a different perspective where it's just like things are just not as serious as as they were you know and you, you know and yeah you know like life wasn't meant to be taken so seriously you know
0: It makes me think of um, something my mentor said to me when it comes to choreographing because I was I really struggle with like let it, like wanting to control every single piece, everything that's happening on stage. And literally my mentor was like, it, it's not yours anymore. You've released this into the world. It's, it's the dancers, but at, even after, it's not going to stay with the dancers. After a while, it's going to go to the audience. And then it's going to go to the people that watch it on video. It's like, you no longer, you, and it's, oh my God, I'm going to be so cliche. And I think I hate myself for this. It's the musical rent. You don't own it. You just rent it. It is literally yours for a short time, even your own grown babies or projects you've created from scratch. Once they are in the ether, there is no controlling how they will be interpreted, perceived. And so trying to hold on to that is like trying to hold on to water. You can't do it. So I definitely can agree with you that, like, same. I don't know when this epiphany happened for me, but like when I learned to just start kind of letting go of those like parts of the, the industry that I just can't control, like, like, same, the good, the bad, and ugly. You know, I've had crazy days. Yeah.
1: This, you just can't control. I was going to say like, uh, again, it's going to sound cheesy, but in the minimal work I've done in the books I've read and the things I've stopped to think about, it really is like focusing, getting very clear on what it is you want. Right. So if we're talking a career in the arts, what does it look like? Sound like, taste like, smell like, what is it? Mm. They're really clear on it. Do the work. Right go on the auditions make them good auditions you set up the camera correctly you do the audition you take the class and then it's over and that's it yep and you put it out there you're doing the work you got clear it's in the universe yep. and when the, un- the universe is just taking all those things to align them until it's ready um which again sounds right. cheesy right, because- could sound cheesy to people but I've, I've just seen, seen it happen it. for myself. I, well, that's I, the thing. I've seen it happen. It's happened to me. When yes. I said, and I've said this before in the podcast, when I said, I'm going to get a full-time job teaching dance, I literally had people say, but what if you don't get it? And I said, no, I'm getting it. And I redid my resume, and I had people look at my cover letter, and I sent in the resumes, and I did the cover letters, and I went and I taught the demo lessons, and I applied to every job, and I just said, I'm going to get this. And that was it. I didn't call them and check up on the jobs. I just I did what I needed to do and I said it was gonna happen. And when it was time, the job became available. Yeah. And so I mean, honestly, that was probably the most the biggest like situation in my life where I saw that manifestation and and trust come to fruition. And from then on, I've been like, this is a this is real and, and it will was- change.
0: If it was it was my career I wanted to I had pulled back from choreographing for adults and theater companies to focus a lot on teaching and I was hating an imbalance that I just was tired of and I said okay cool I want to dive in head first and like that energy I did a um, assisted a friend of mine met a dancer there he ended up hiring me to dance for him I end up the group that I ended up the company that ended up dancing them for, I end up choreographing for them the next month. Then that group reached out to me. December was like, hey, this other company wants to do this. That that's how I end up choreographing for this company. The director from that hired me to do another gig. COVID canceled it. She called me in the middle of COVID to have me direct another show online for them, and we're still in the books to do something else. And that's like, so even in the midst of all this ridiculous COVID twenty twenty saga. I just said, I know what I want now. And I, or I shouldn't say, I know what I want. I know the type of gigs that I want. That was a big thing for me. I was getting gigs before, but they just weren't the ones that made my heart sing. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I, and I, and I had to realize that within myself that I just, I don't always want the gigs that are fun and happy-go-lucky. I want gigs that say something from time to time. Um, So like the fact that like the last couple gigs I've had have been, in particular as a choreographer have been pieces that have said something has been You know, like that has meant more to me than some of the really big name stuff I've gotten. Um, just because they've been the right kind of pieces. So I'm a firm believer in that. Um, this is going to be such a long episode. So that being yeah, said, sorry guys,
1: we apologize.
0: it, it happens. Is. Um, let's go into our tip of the week. So this part yeah. of the ep- episode is just simply a tip that we could give to our listeners. Um, And uh, for me, this episode will be out, uh, let's see, a week and a few days after election here in the United States for our non-American listeners and for our American listeners. Um, And I'm much of like what we talked about on this episode, finding that balance of letting go and still caring. I did not realize it was going to be this difficult for this particular election, Um, but it has been in particular just because of how long it has gone on. Um, But what I would say, because at this point, we don't know results currently as we're recording this episode. What I would say is (laughs) the good, the bad or the ugly, regardless of who is the president, the world has to keep spinning for a lot of us. Um, So just embrace it, regardless of who's in the White House. Embrace it. Good, bad or indifferent. Embrace it.
1: Mm-hmm. you know what's interesting is there is joe biden um tweeted flash put on social media put a put a statement out there where he basically was like we did the work he was like we did the work you did the work you went out and voted we do the work now it's time to count the ballots and wait and we'll prevail and how Relevant is that to what we literally just said about you? Got to put the work in. You got to believe. You are not even believing it. It is. It is done. It is happening. This is what is going to happen. And now it's time for me to sit back. Right now it's now it's the universe's time to work. And I just think that that's so interesting. And we did not plan this to align. we were literally not touching on politics. Joe Biden saying this quote or anything. So this (laughs) is not touching
0: on politics. Episode, but I do think that's a really cool
1: point. Um, yeah, Um, uh, yeah, Danielle, you got a point, uh, tip of the week? Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I think like, I I agree with you, you know, like before we started recording, I told you like, I haven't been sleeping well this week. I've been every night way too late, waiting for ballots to come in, getting up at four in the morning to go to the bathroom slash check my phone. Um, it has definitely, I mean, Anthony was here. He were here the other night. He came over and had dinner and he literally at one point turned to me and was like, you need to calm down. I wasn't even talking. He was like, you need to calm down because your energy is like insane right now. And it's true. And I really, I really am. um, So I'm going to take my own advice. I'm going to take his advice, our advice from this episode and apply it to the next couple of weeks because um, by the time this episode comes out, we are already moving into recount territory. um,
0: Yeah.
1: And it's going to be fine though. Again, I know what the outcome is going to be. And it's going to be good. And it's the universe's time to work.
0: Mm-hmm. What about you, Anthony? Do you have a tip of the week for our listeners? Uh,
2: yeah, you know, I would, I would say, um, everybody breathe, man. Everybody <laughs> breathe. Uh, yeah, breathe, man. Breathe, and seriously, go somewhere and just, just dance. Just, just go in the middle of public oh, and yes. just dance like nobody's watching because it will make me feel a lot better it will be a very freeing experience and it will just make your heart sing some people there are a lot of people out there man who just need to go out and just sing in the middle of public and just dance in the middle of public like nobody is watching and just not care what people have to think you know so i I would say i would say i would say those two things you know definitely breathe everybody (laughs) it's, it's gonna it's gonna pass and then I would say, always just keep in mind that we are still, still experiencing the effects of the Mars retrograde that ended on Oh November my God, 3rd. yes. It just ended on November 3rd? Yes, yes. So yes it did. But, back for a <laughs> yeah, no, it ended on November 3rd, but we will still uh, be feeling the effects yes. for about another two weeks or so.
0: Oh, trust me, I know. I felt uh, it the whole time. This,
2: yeah, as we're in
1: this episode, we're like in this world right now. I would just like to to how interesting is it to think that the retrograde ended on the third and yes. we are still gonna be feeling the effects of it for two weeks? Mm. Just take that take that for okay. what you will, but I think I think there is something very interesting and and magical happening here that we maybe not be able to see yet.
2: Yeah, remember, it's all about the Mars retrograde. is all about clearing out the old. You heard it here first, people. Well, that's it for us. The
0: curtain is closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week.
1: And every week after that.
0: Episodes come out every Thursday.
1: Um, you can find us on our favorite podcast app.
0: Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.
1: We are at Point Pyt on all social media platforms.
0: We want to take this time to thank Anthony for joining us on this week's episode and talking about us with everything under the sun. Um, Anthony, tell the people where they can find you on all the social medias.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, me and my best friend are coming out with a YouTube page uh, this week. Uh, with uh, we're going to be dropping YouTube videos every week on uh, mystical subjects, and we are going to be doing a podcast every Wednesday, uh, just about witch being being witches, witch life, on uh, all of that good stuff. You can follow us uh, right now on Facebook and on IG at. The mystical mages of soul works and uh, yeah, yeah, go, go, uh, like and, and follow, and we'll have some more information about the YouTube channel, the the podcast going out, um, and yeah, we just we discuss uh, mystical topics and and which topics, and uh, yeah, and then for anybody who wants to follow me, uh, my social media is the Real Rug Ant at Real Rug Ant ninety two.
0: So yeah, on our, no, thanks for joining us on the PYT Instagram. We'll have links for where you can find Anthony and his podcast and his YouTube series and things from that. And we'll also leave uh, a post where we will leave the title of the books that Danielle mentioned about um, healing through trauma and things like that on our social medias. See you next week on Point Your Toes, The Adventures of a NYC Dance Teacher.